Please stand clear of the doors. Hey guys, on the monorail. Can't wait to ride Cosmic Rewind. I can't wait to ride it for the first time. You know that Bradley Cooper doesn't voice Rocket in that. I know, it's so annoying, I hate it. Yeah, I actually auditioned for that role, but they said I sounded too much like Bradley Cooper, so I got cut. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Welcome to episode 203 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. And I'm Chris. Today we will be giving the his on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. So today we have a special guest with us today. Um, we welcome our guest, the director of podcast for thepopbreak.com, Alex Marcus. Alex oversees the production of over a dozen podcasts and hosts two of his own, Bill vs. the MCU and TV Break. You can also check out Alex out on Twitter at Media Thinkings. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. So can you just tell us a little bit about your love for Disney? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I grew up in the 90s, so obviously I was like the perfect age for the big Disney Renaissance mm-hmm. movies that came out. Yeah. Uh, getting to see them in theaters. Like, I'm pretty sure Lion King was the first movie I ever saw in theaters, and that was a very exciting experience for me. Yeah. My mom tells a story of how I had, like, one of those, like, pretzel bites to eat, and yeah. I just, like, the movie started, and I had it in my hand, like, in front of my mouth, and the movie ended, and it was still there like that. I was just, like, <laughs> awestruck over what I was seeing. <laughs> so it was definitely in my bones uh, early on. Um, and then, yeah, I think I always kind of show up for Pixar. Uh, I, I be during the pandemic, I decided that I was just going to be a Pixar completist, and I watched every single Pixar movie and short from awesome. literally start to literally finish. Because what else was I going to do? <laughs> so that was a fun experience. Um, and then, you know, the Star Wars and the Marvel stuff keeps me around. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Wait, a quick question before we move on. What's what was your favorite? And you can even say a short. What's your favorite Pixar product? Oh, my favorite Pixar is definitely Finding Nemo. For okay. Sure. Yeah, just the kind of like Albert Brooks as the neurotic dad, desperate mm-hmm. for his son, is just always going to get me. Yeah. Now, what's your favorite Pixar short? <sighs> you know, I, that's a hard one. I can tell it's you what my ones. favorite isn't, and okay. that is the like two dozen Larry the Cable Guy starring Mater shorts that they did, <laughs> which I watched every single one of. Uh, that's definitely at the bottom of my list. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> okay, so right now we are recording live for our Goof Troop members. If you want to watch this live once a week, all you got to do is go to dizhiz.com. You can find the link at the very top. As well as seeing our beautiful faces, you will be entered into our lovely giveaways. And we're actually going to be giving away some cool stuff today, right, Chris? What are we giving away today? Yeah, today we are giving away – actually, we're, we have a, a, a consolation prize, so Ryan actually has a chance to win something. So first uh-huh. prize is taking home a Disney 100 Target-exclusive uh, Goofy Funko Pop. Really cool. I sent a picture in chat. Uh, whoever comes in second place gets to pick whether they want uh, a little care package of Star Wars cards, uh, collectible cards, or Disney 100. I have a bunch of both. And even if you want both, you can have both. But if you don't like Star Wars, you know, I'm not going to send you stuff you don't want. So whoever comes in second, I'm going to send a nice little uh, care package of, of uh, collectible cards down to you. They're so, collectible. Yeah, that's, to. that's why you're giving them up because they're collectible. Well, they're uncollectible to me because I have duplicates. <laughs> 
Okay, so yeah, if you want to go ahead and join in and all the fun and join in on our Patreon and join in on our Discord, uh, let's go to dizhiz.com, D-I-Z-H-I-Z.com, and you can find the link at the very top to join the group group. If you want to leave us a message or share a memory, you can call us at 707-842-0345. This is usually the part where I say, just call us, man, call us. But um, I did want to talk about an email that we got, um, which is kind of... You know, not my place on this podcast. Well, it's not. It's, Al- it's Alex's place. Where do they email that email to? Um, they can email that to dizhis65 at gmail.com. And Perfect. please keep them coming because we got a lot of great feedback. I'd say feedback. Yeah. Uh, we got a we got a, 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 a super, super long email from a, an individual named James. So shout out to you, James. Thank you so much for listening. He listens to every was, episode. Every episode he listens. He, he emphasized that he listened to every episode. Um and I, he, I think he, he went on to say how this was his favorite podcast. And I know that we joke. I know that we joke on here and say, hey, guys, email, email us. Who's your favorite host? We weren't serious, James. I'm serious. Uh, but he, he said Joe. Joe is his favorite podcast host. And he actually listed some of the reasons. It's because he's always like, like pays attention, you know, to all the topics. He, he, um, super great memory of the parks and, um, and. He he was I, I don't agree with him on this, but he loves Joe's opinions on <laughs> I I don't I yeah, I was really surprised. Opinions, I know, yeah, mostly people do hate him, but he, this guy loves him. I know. So um, thank you, James, for listening, uh, and thank you for the email. I look forward to hopefully uh, more emails from more people who who love the podcast. This is, people like you is what makes our jobs the best, and by jobs I mean. Just unpaid labor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, seriously, getting these emails really like reading that email yesterday. I don't know about you guys, but that made my day. It, it made was, my day for sure. 100%. Yeah. It, it I, I wasn't thinking. Smile. I wasn't thinking about it at all all day. I mean, I read yeah. it and that was it. You know, I wasn't thinking about it. It made my day. I thought it was a really just, I don't know. Yeah. It was just, it was just, um, we just want more of those type of emails. It, so but, you can send that to dizhis65 at gmail.com. We got to, we got to. Pretty pretty good email too though from somebody else. We got a couple. We got one. two actually good ones. We I, actually yeah. had a voicemail. Someone actually called our voicemail and said, "Hey there, it's uh, it is. I think this is because I'm reading it like the voicemail right now. But it says, "Hey there, I absolutely love the show that you guys put on. But I was wondering if you'd be uh, interested in bringing back the Hidden Mickey segment anytime soon. Which I love the Hidden Mickey segment. Scott from the No New Friends, he was gonna do the Hidden Mickey segment. So I think I'm pretty sure I know who this was, right? Uh, reach out to Scott so he can start getting on this hidden um, uh, Mickey segment. Uh, that was one of all, my all-time favorite segments. I'd love for you guys to uh, resurrect that. And here's a question, guys, okay? Oh. This is a question that this person sent to, to us. What is the worst animatronic Disney has ever made? The worst. So what is the worst? We always talk about the best one, right? Okay. But, I mean, we, we talked about, like, red, like the um, pirate over at Pirates Red. The people really – and the Wicked Witch, Witch of the West. and um, amazing. The great movie ride, right? People yeah. always say, like, that's, like, that one of the mm-hmm. best animatronics. We talked about that on the show. Which one do you think is the worst? Oh, I, I think I think it's got to be the Yeti on Expedition Everest, right? <laughs> well, that doesn't count. It's not, it's not an animatronic. It doesn't move. Exactly. That's why I think it's the worst. It's supposed to move, right? <laughs> okay. 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 Um, that one, I I think that one would take the cake for me. How about I'm, Ursula from like the Little Mermaid ride? Right. Not didn't, bad. That, didn't the head fall off? Well, yeah. You you can't count you know incidences. Incidences. It's when it's always occurring. I say Kylo Ren on the on the Star Wars oh. ride looks terrible, really? and it's new okay. too. But it, yeah. when he t- does his turn, like he's being sucked out, it looks it looks pretty bad. <laughs> How about you, Alex? What do you think? 
Oh, I have no idea. I'm not really a big parks guy, unfortunately. The last time I was at a, at a Disney park, I was seven years old. So Ooh. my memories aren't super sharp. <laughs> so which animatronic scared you the most? It's oh, that's, a good, that's a good question. <laughs> the thing that scared me the most at Disney wasn't an animatronic. It was like there was a there was like a Roger Rabbit Toon World. Yeah, that was really that really messed with my head at that age. because It was like very confusing because <laughs> it was like all of this. It was like life size and it was like is this coming out of my TV set? Like, and I'm in the world, but it was very, it was unnerving to this day. Wait till you see toy story land. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we also got an, uh, a message from Ben and he goes, wanted to let you know, uh, Alex, I uh, wanted to let you know, I had a meatball sub for lunch while Ooh. listening to the show. I know, right? That's what I said. Meatball subs are amazing. If you could share a nice lady in the tramp spaghetti and meat- meatball moment with any Disney character, Including Marvel and Star Wars, who would it be with? Oh, I know. I I, I have an answer already. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Chris. Shirtless Kylo Ren. <laughs> you mean with he has that thing really high up so you can't see his belly yeah. button? Yeah. Yes, the most attractive uh, of so that, uh, screen who, time of any so Disney. Is that movie, your yeah. official like person who you wouldn't? Hundred percent. Okay. Yes, how about, how about uh, Alex, our host, Alex? Uh, Simba, not Simba. No, Nala, <laughs> Nala, <laughs> Nala. Why not? Okay. How about okay, uh, so guest Alex, Alex wants to get mauled by a lion. Okay. <laughs> oh man, who do I want to share a spaghetti dinner with? Is that what the question yeah. is? Yeah, I think it, like, the Kylo Ren answer is actually pretty good. But I would be worried that he would like try to eat all of my food. Like he would force <laughs> me into giving up all the good meatballs. So. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Woody. I think Woody would be very conscientious. He would about be sharing. He be, he would be a sharer for sure. I feel like. yeah. yeah. Wouldn't eat much either. What about you, Joe? Oof. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Belle. You know, Belle is like my favorite Disney princess. I think I would have to share a nice little spaghetti dinner with her. So I'm gonna go with Belle. <laughs> I'm telling oh, your wife. Can I change my answer? It's yeah. obviously yeah. Prince Eric because he's the hottest Disney prince. So that's. I agree. I mean, he kind of looks like <laughs> me a little. I feel like. I feel oh, like we're giving real like answers. Me. I didn't know that. <laughs> I know. Alex is like Simba the lion. <laughs> Mine was super genuine, Alex. <laughs> okay, guys. So uh, today we're going to be giving the history on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 is a 2014 film produced by Marvel Studios. It was the fourth movie released in Phase 2 and was the introduction of many Marvel Universe characters. The movie was written and directed by James Gunn and exploded and exploded at the box office, becoming one of the highest grossing MCU films. It took an unknown team of misfits and propelled them into pop culture prominence. Uh, Before we kind of get into the history, what do you guys think about this movie? We'll start with Chris. Oh, near perfect. Uh, Near perfect. The first one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's better than the second one for sure. I yeah. think I, I think disagree. it's a top. Five, I think it's a top five, maybe top seven Marvel movie. It, really? Okay. The yeah, first I one, do. Huh? Yeah. Yep. I like mm-hmm. the second one a lot better than the first one. I don't think the second one was as good as the first one, personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you, uh, host Alex? Um, I think this movie is amazing, and I agree with Chris. It's one of the best Marvel movies, and I think it is slightly better than one, but two is really good as well. Oh yes. Okay. How about you, uh, guest Alex? Yes, Alex. Uh, I would say that it's definitely up there. It's in like my top 10 for favorite Marvel movies, for sure. I always go back and forth between whether I like this Guardians better than the second Guardians, Mm -hmm. because they're just like their strengths are so distinct that it really is kind of like which one you're in the most mood for. Like this one goes this one is so lean. It's so like it's so well written in every in it of screen time is like utilized to the strength to like the best strength but there's a lot that like doesn't quite get like 
the thing that's good about Guardians 2 is that it gives so much time to all of the sporting characters and you really get to like dive deep into all of their trauma and psychoses. Uh, but it is like bloated because of that also. So it's like, I always go back and forth, but I think right now after just watching it, the, <laughs> this Guardians is my favorite part. Yeah, it's whichever one you watched last. <laughs> yeah. That is true. <laughs> it's kind of weird how that works. Like with the Marvel movies, it's kind of like the last, like, you know, like when I, whenever I go to a Disney park, whichever park that I visited last is like, ends up being my favorite park. Right. Uh, so I feel like it's kind of like what, what you guys are saying, whichever like Marvel movie that you watch last ends up being like your favorite one. Yeah. How about you, Joe? And Joe, yeah, what's your opinion? Then I'm going to give uh, the ranking as uh, a collective ranking of all the users on IMDb where this ranks. Okay. Uh, I like the first one. I mean, I had no idea. any. Like, I had no idea who the Guardians were before mm-hmm. I watched the movie. Like I saw Much like everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I did see it, it was like I was pleasantly kind of surprised. I think it's a good movie, but I, I, I think the second one's a little bit funnier. And um, and you got to see more of like Drax. I think you can kind of maybe see a little bit more of his yeah. character in the second one. And I yeah. really like Drax. And uh, but no, the first one's great, too. I mean, they're both I mean, they're just a great bunch of guy like people to this, you know, a bunch of misfits. And they, when they come together, they can save the galaxy. So, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the first movie. So. So what ranking do you have, Chris? Here we go. Here is uh, the IMDb rankings of the MCU movies. And this is a collective ranking by all users, not critics, all users who have ranked these movies. So number one, we have Avengers Endgame. Two, Avengers Infinity War. Three, Spider-Man No Way Home. Four, Loki. So they're including TV shows. Five, Avengers. And six, Guardians of the Galaxy. So if you take out the TV show that they put in there, it's a top five um, reviewed uh, MCU movie. Okay. I just looked up my letterbox rankings for this because I have all of the MCU TV shows and movies. I love letterbox. List. And uh, number seven for me, Guardians. Number seven. Guardians that's number that's two. Good. Okay, Guardians number two dipped to number 15 upon my rewatch, for which I did last year for Bill versus the MCU. So it's a little okay. bit lower down. But yeah, number seven, Guardians for me. Can we, real quick, can we hear your top 10 on letterbox? <laughs> oh, sure. No, so on letterbox, so I'm this a big includes- top 10 guy. Especially this includes TVs, shows, and movies. Okay. Uh, do you want do you want ten to one or one to ten? Ten to one. Okay. So number ten, Wakanda Forever. Okay. Number nine, Wandavision. I'm a huge Wandavision person. Great. Uh, number eight, Spider Man Homecoming. I'm like the okay. world's biggest Spider Man Homecoming fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've it's done a solid three movie. podcasts on Spider Man Homecoming. Very uh, solid. <laughs> number seven is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number six is Spider Man No Way Home. Number five is Avengers. Number four is Thor Ragnarok. Number three is Winter Soldier. Number two is Endgame. And number one is Black Panther. Wow, no Infinity War in your top 10. No. Wow. Infinity War is, it's, in, it's number 12. It was, it's so close. Wow, but okay. It's, it gets harder and harder every year. Made the top wow. 10. I can't believe that. Interesting. That's an interesting love, ranking. So you hate Spider-Man, love, basically. What's that? You, you, you hate <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, No obviously. Spider-Man, yeah. No Spider-Man titles <laughs> in top 10. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Solid ranking. I love Letterbox. Um, I feel like they built it specifically around my personality. It's kind <laughs> of, a, it's very yeah. bizarre. It's perfect. <laughs> when we're all Let's get to the his on Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Gardens of the Galaxy referred to now as Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 1 was released in 2014 and became an instant success, helping solidify the Marvel Cinematic Universe in pop culture relevance. The story of Guardians of the Galaxy the movie started in 2009 when Nicole Perlman joined the Marvel screenwriting program. Perlman was offered several lesser-known Marvel groups to develop a screenplay for. She chose Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning's Guardians of the Galaxy comic book series, which started being published in 2008. She chose this series due to her interest in space and science fiction and the interest dynamic between the group. At the 2010 San Diego Comic-Con International, Kevin Feige, president of Marvel Studios, talked about the potential of a Guardians of the Galaxy film. Perlman spent two years developing her screenplay, deciding to use the lineup of Peter Quill, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, and Drax the Destroyer. Her initial screenplay had Thanos as a main villain, but Marvel later decided to save Thanos for a later plotline. In 2011, Marvel asked Nicole to write a second draft. To have ready when James Gunn came in 2012 to help finish the development for the upcoming movie he was later chosen to direct. Gunn got to work rewriting the script, using the film The Dirty Dozen as a reference. He added the character Nebula and decided to replace Thanos with Ronan. He took the Yondu character and redeveloped him as a smuggler and as Peter Quill's father figure. At the 2012 San Diego Comic-Con International, Foggy announced the Guardians of the Galaxy would be set to release in 2014. The announcement was paired with two pieces of concept art, one of Rocket Raccoon and the other of the full team, Star-Lord, Rocket, Groot, Drax the Destroyer, and Gamora. When this was announced, I was a huge skeptic of this. What movie. do you mean? I heard, because I heard a tree person and I heard a talking raccoon. And mm. the, where we were in the MC, MCU, it was kind of getting a little serious, right? Right. So I'm thinking like, why? Like, how are they going to incorporate? How are, how are we going to take a talking raccoon serious? Mm. And I guess the uh, my answer was we're not like we're not going to take these people serious because like the movie was very comical mm-hmm. and um, they were serious when they needed to be, obviously. But it was just such a hilarious movie and so well done that it, it totally, uh, you know, blew my expectations out of the water. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And I didn't have no idea who they were. I mean, I even like comics a little bit, but I still didn't know who they were, really. And uh, I think it's really interesting that that someone came in and was like, you know, they gave you all these options. You're like, I want to choose these people who are like a little outside the the normal zone and I want to elevate them. I think that's a really interesting decision. And then, of course, the decision to bring in James Gunn. I mean, we didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about James Gunn before this. And uh, now he's uh, he's about to overtake MCU by starting the, uh, the other thing. Yeah. He had, and we'll talk a little bit more about the people in the movie because that you you talk about that in the next history. Yeah. But if we want to talk a little bit about James Gunn, because um, this movie did put, I think, a lot of people on the map, but especially James Gunn. I, James Gunn was a big director already, not huge, but big. He he did some. If you look up his his uh, his track record, he um he did some like cult following movies in the early two thousands and stuff like that. But this is what kind of he he shined in this. This is what kind of like put him under a microscope for everyone. Like, wow, this guy's very creative. This guy can write a, you know, write a great script. He's good at what he does. And even the actors um, like love the guy. I mean, not only did they want to bring him back after Disney wanted to part ways with him, but they also like some of them followed him to D.C. when he did the Suicide Squad movie. Um, it's just it really. I, and now, like you said, he's he's leading DC, the, the D.C. universe because he's just he's good at what he does. Um, but Alex. We talked about how we didn't know anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy. When this movie came out, did you know who they were? 
So I didn't know who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, but I did know who James Gunn was. And I was telling okay. everybody I knew when they were like, Marvel's putting out this movie with a raccoon. Like, this sounds like ridiculous. I was like, no, you have to trust me because I had seen <laughs> James Gunn's Super, which came out in 2011, which is like right before it was announced that he was going to oh. make this movie. And that stars Rain Wilson and Elliot Page. I and love that movie. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it's such a good movie. I didn't right? know that was James Gunn. That's James Gunn. Yeah, he oh, wrote and wow. directed it. And that is a weird movie. Love it's it. a dark movie. Yes. It's got sort of like a, it can be really funny and like really messed up. And then also has like this pure heart to it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if he could do that, like, and he could take what was good about that idea, which was there was so much in there and he can distill that into like the MCU product, it's going to be fantastic. And then when I heard that there's all this like weird stuff about Guardians, like the raccoon and the tree and everything, I was like, perfect. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. And everyone I knew was like, you're insane. This sounds so dumb. And then it came out and it like dominated the whole world. So not to be like a hipster about it, but I was there first when I came to James. You're Cameron. like, you now you owe me money. That exactly. Is, that's pretty I awesome. I wish I had put money on it. <laughs> There's um a, a couple other notable James Gunn movies. I guess this really was his first huge Breakout. movie because um he did he did um he wrote the screenplay for Dawn of the Dead. Hmm. Um he wrote the screenplay for both Scooby Doo live action movies. Right, Those so are pretty good, know, popular, right? But um before Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean he was. He uh, he was credited for writing a segment uh, in movie 43, which is like one of those parody movies. Uh, it's like there was just a lot of just oddball movies. Slither. That's I think that's a cult following horror movie. Slither. Yeah. He wrote that movie. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, now after Guardians of the Galaxy, you got the Belko experiment, which was a big movie. I don't know how good of a movie it was, but it was a big movie. Guardians 2, Suicide Squad, Peacemaker series. And then Guardians 3 and the Guardians holiday special. So, I mean, he goes from doing all these like indie-esque movies to now, you know, everybody wants him. And then there was that movie Brightburn that he produced that his brother wrote. I did not know. Oh, that was him? I did not know that he produced that. Yeah, he produced it as his brother wrote the movie. And oh. uh, it's kind of like, what if Superman, but a horror movie? Great like movie. it turns out that like the alien kid is, is evil. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> so cool. And that's like, I f that movie was like... It was like it was such a great premise and it was almost a great movie, but it was just like, you know, I feel yeah. like they needed maybe a stronger directing hand, but really fun. If you watch it with like low expectations, it's really fun, I think. Yeah, I did hear some I did hear good things about it. Like I did. There was like one of the either love it or hate it type thing. But I, I tend to like those movies that are yeah. just kind of out there, you know, at a certain point, it just turns into a generic horror movie and then mm. kind of like lose the juice of the original premise. Mm -hmm. but if I you see. like if you like those kinds of movies then there's still a lot to get out of it, but you know, it's funny you say like he wasn't kind of a not well-known director and you know, Disney does this or, you know, cause MCU is Disney, but they do this thing where they go like, Oh, we have an A movie and we have a B movie. And then it ends up happening. And then the B movie is better than a movie. I don't know what was in production during this time, probably multiple things, but gardens galaxy is so good. It definitely overtook things that came out during the same time from the MCU. And, you know, we had the same thing back in the day when they made Lilo and Stitch and Treasure Planet. Lilo and Stitch was a B movie. Treasure Planet was an A movie. B movie overtook everything. I think this is the same well, thing. It's like you took the back guys, the back burner people, and they end up producing something so much better. So on, on my podcast, Bill versus the MCU, our first season, we spent 12 months doing rewatching every single MCU product mm -hmm. through the first four phases of the MCU. So I have like... Uh, encyclopedic memory of the sequence of film release now. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what's awesome. really what's really interesting about when Guardians came out 
it was this moment where Avengers is huge. Like, it's so big in 2012 that, like, all of Hollywood is like, oh, no, we need to do what they're doing, right? And it kind of ruined the blockbuster movies for a decade. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but then 2013 comes out, and there's this big kind of hangover effect where Iron Man 3 is released. That's the follow-up to Avengers, and it makes a ton of money, but it gets, like, a really kind of, like, all-over-the-place response. Yeah. People love that movie. A lot of mm-hmm. people it didn't work for. Uh, and then Thor The Dark World is also mm, 2013, garbage. and that movie is dreadful. Right? <laughs> and then people are like, oh, no, is Marvel in trouble? Is yep. what's going to happen? Like phase two problems, you know, and then Captain America Winter Soldier comes out in 2014 Decent. and Guardians of the Galaxy comes out in 2014. And those two movies breaking in the same year was this moment of like, oh, now Marvel can turn anything into a hit movie and a good movie. And it's working on all cylinders. And that kind of propelled them through the entire phase three project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's interesting. They, those two movies almost had to be perfect. Like to yeah. kind of like. Right, the Give ship. Them that that next little push, yeah. And there's still the two soon. movies that I think a lot of people cite as their favorite of the whole. Yeah, run. and a lot of people who aren't like necessarily like huge superhero fans, but who Marvel like locked in on, like those are the movies that people talk about. It's yeah, yeah. For them. If you're not a big superhero fan, then you like Guardians of the Galaxy a lot because it's not superheroes. It's like a sci-fi movie more than a superhero yeah. movie. Yeah, it's like a postmodern Star Wars movie, basically. You know. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of November 2012, James Gunn started deciding on who was going to star in the MCU debut. For Peter Quill, he had many actors considered, like Zachary Levy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Rosenbaum, Glenn Howerton, and Chris Pratt. He had actors Lee Pace, Jim Sturgis, Eddie Redman, Jack Huston, and Joel Egerton read for the role. Chris Pratt was not one of Gunn's top options for the role. He only saw him as his lovable Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec. When Pratt came to read for the role, he had actually gained weight for his role in Delivery Man, but promised to shape up by the time Guardian started to shoot. Pratt won them over and was selected. Lee Pace, who was up for the role, was chosen to play Ronan. In April 2013, Zoe Saldana was confirmed for the role of Gamora after Amanda Seyfried, known for Mamma Mia, declined the role due to excessive hours of makeup required during filming. It was also announced that Michael Rooker would join as Yondu. In May, it was revealed that John C. Riley, Karen Gillan, and Glenn Close would join the cast. Karen Gillan portraying Nebula. The special effects for the film were done by makeup designer David White and his team, who designed almost a thousand prosthetic makeup applications and 2,000 molds. Gunn wanted the film to be a colorful science fiction world that resembled 50s and 60s pulp movies. He thought of the Ravager's ship as muscle cars. Filming started in January 2013 at the Shepperton Studios in London, England. In March of 2013, Gunn stated that Guardians is a standalone film. It may take place in the MCU but are not really involved in what's happening in other films. It wasn't until mid-March that Dave Bautista was chosen for Drax Destroyer. He was picked over Jason Momoa, Brian Patrick Wade, and Isaiah Mustafa. The next month, it was revealed that Brian Moore, who sculpted Darth Vader's mask, will be working on the film. James Gunn originally wanted Adam Sandler or Jim Carrey to voice Rocket Raccoon, but Bradley Cooper ended up being cast. Shane Gunn, James' brother, was brought in as Craglin, who would also perform as Rocket for filming sequences. Gunn had multiple people come in and read for Groot, but none of them sounded correct until Vin Diesel came to audition. He wanted every I am Groot explained, so he knew exactly what he was trying to say, and Gunn loved the vocals. So you did mention on here, uh, you mentioned half the story, because this is one of my favorite stories about Chris Pratt uh, being chosen for Star-Lord. Yes, he did gain weight. Um, 
And James Gunn assured him, like, listen, you don't need to lose weight for this role. You don't need to get in shape for this role. We love like we will CGI the abs on you. We love <laughs> we love your <laughs> we love your performance for Star Lord. But he he did you know refuse that and he actually got in shape for the character. Now, when he said the other people that uh he had in mind for Star Lord, the only other person I think might have done a halfway decent job is Zachary Levi. I think he would have played a pretty good Star Lord. The other I ones I can't, so I, I can't see Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Really? Like, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't see Joe. And you like know what, JGL. though? I haven't seen some of his funnier movies. So maybe I, that's why. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt could have played the comedy, but I think that it would have come off a little bit more smug, you mm-hmm. know? That's true. And I think that would have maybe, I think the person that would have been really good is Glenn Howerton. I think that he could have really landed all of the tones you look in him this up. script. That's, he's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, Which yeah, one? yeah, yeah. I was surprised. He's Dennis. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't I know. Him. I love him. I love I, him I gotta in the look show. Him up still. It's like one of my favorite. Chris has not seen that show. Yeah, he's yeah. never seen it. Well, no, I good haven't. news. There's, uh, you could start watching now, and by the time you turn 80, you'll have caught up. <laughs> <laughs> I love and, it. And uh, Danny DeVito will somehow still be alive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave Batista, because I'm a huge wrestling fan. When I heard he was getting in this movie, I was really, really excited. Um, but also skeptical too, because I'm like, this is, w- w- how is he going to, you know, this is weird. And yeah. like I said earlier, I want to talk about some of the people that were put on the map. He was put on the map for this. Dave Batista could be one, the best wrestler turn actor. Uh, John Cena's kind of fighting him for that after with, with Peacemaker. He's, he's, Wait, he's doing awesome. Better than The hot. Rock? Yeah, The Rock's not a good actor. <laughs> the Rock's just. <gasps> Fun. I guess he's not I, a good actor. I guess he's not a good actor, but I haven't seen. He's not a good I've actor. Seen, he I plays the seen, same role in every movie. I agree, but I haven't seen Dave Bautista in a role that I don't. I have only seen him be Drax. I haven't seen him. In oh, I just I just watched Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, and it was it, he he it wasn't a very good movie, but he it was a, he Did played he a very good it? role. Oh, he slayed, man. He slayed. Yeah. Did also, you see he, that movie? Blade, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I didn't is, see that one. Excellent. He was oh, in that? He's excellent in that. Yeah, he's in the opening scene. He's oh, like the okay. guy that Ryan Gosling gets. Okay. He's got his he's little glasses, good. and he's just like very serious. He's a he's scientist, excellent. right? Yeah, but oh. it, well, it turns out he's a replicate, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just good. This but this this put him on the map. Uh, Chris Pratt, you can make the argument that this put him on the map for like all these huge movies that he's been in. Yeah. Jurassic World, and what's the other one that? Um, there's some like flops, but they're Passengers. The yeah, and what, what what was that one where he's in an army feeding our, the Tomorrow War? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Amazon movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's a ton of ton with him. Yeah. He's got an Amazon TV show, too. Terminal yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Could you imagine Jason but, Momoa as Drax? No. No. I So I think that he, Jason Momoa could have played a good version of the Drax that's in this movie. But I think where they take the character, where they lean into the kind of comedy that Dave Bautista can can sell, the kind of like a bullion sort of, you know, uh, joyousness and silliness, I think that he would have had a harder time with that. I think it probably yeah. would have gone in a different direction if it stayed Momoa. I see that too. For sure. Um, who, who else? Uh, who else are we talking Oh, uh, Vin Diesel is Groot. Probably the best cast in history of movies. I think it, I think Groot and <laughs> Rocket is so dumb because I can't hear Bradley Cooper and Groot. I, I don't, I don't really hear um, Dave Diesel, uh, Vin Diesel either. Oh, I can my, hear Vin Diesel. I can't hear Rocket that much. My favorite thing about Vin Diesel being Groot is that he spent years after getting the role of Groot campaigning Kevin Feige to let him be Black Bolt 
in an Inhumans movie under the assumption of, well, as Groot, you only hear my voice. So then I could be Black Bolt, a character where you see my face, but you never hear my voice. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. That is incredible. That's awesome. I love that, I love that Vin Diesel learned, um, he learned all the languages to say I'm yeah. Groot. So he, so when you're watching a different language, it's still Vin Diesel. Majority of them, at least. All of them. No, he did. All, for all, every, every single, single one? Language. Yep. Okay, I didn't, I didn't have that confirmation, but you, you, you confirmed it. <laughs> I don't know if it's hard to say because, like, when you get a when you get a movie that hits on all cylinders, it's hard to recast the the uh, the characters. Like, this is very hard to recast any of these guys. Yes, we see people that were like up for the role, and like you said, Alex, like, yeah, it could have worked here, but you know, he probably would have struggled with this and that. Like, these actors started somewhere, and even when the the storyline took them somewhere else, they were able to capitalize with those, you know, the emotions they said to exhibit and stuff like that. Really, really hard to recast this, and I think that's what makes a near-perfect movie a near-perfect movie, is when you get the cast to, like, just right on the, right on the nose. And there's no weak link. I mean, they have they have Glenn Close as Nova Prime in this movie. Like, it's just remarkable how deep this bench is. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. Sylvester Stallone wasn't in this one, right? No, he's in the second one. Okay. Oh, he's not in this one at all. No, I don't think so. Oh. No, he's not in the first Guardians. So in Discord chat right now, I'm talking with some of our Patreon members, and we're talking about like Bradley Cooper, and you guys are talking about Bradley Cooper, you know, playing like voicing Rocket Raccoon, right? Yeah. And um, on Cosmic Rewind, uh, Bradley Cooper, I don't think does the voice for Rocket Raccoon on that ride, and uh-huh. it's so annoying. Really? Oh, you can tell. Oh, he does oh. not do it. You can <laughs> tell. No, he doesn't do it. one hundred percent, man. And I'm sitting there, like, I went on that ride. I've been on that ride three times now, right? And um. I'm sitting there on that ride. I'm like, it's it's annoying because you really can, you can tell you can definitely tell Bradley Cooper. I mean, he's Rocket Raccoon. I, I you can definitely tell a difference. I cannot wait because as a person who thinks it's ridiculous that they paid someone so much money to do a character that doesn't sound like himself. Um, I will be interested to hear someone else's version of Rocket Raccoon that sounds terrible just so I can be like, OK, I see it now. I see why he's <laughs> Rocket Raccoon. I mean, I think that. Bradley Cooper's performance as Rocket Raccoon is one of the top five performances in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow. So he is, he makes you care so yeah. much yeah, about right. this broken toy of a raccoon. Like in this movie, there's this, this sequence uh, where he's like, it's like he's got drunk at the bar mm-hmm. and he's pulling a gun on everybody and he's just like crying and saying, like, I didn't ask to be made. Yeah, you guys yeah. are so mean. I'm going to kill all of you. Yeah. And it's like, it should be ridiculous. And you're just like so locked into his emotional reality. And you're just like, that scene makes me cry, which is like, and that's, that's all him you know i mean like it's a little bit the animators but it's it's a raccoon you know how much uh pathos you're gonna get out of the visual of a raccoon so it's it's his voice never thought of it he sounds so much not like himself is like he's giving a true character performance and i i think it's really remarkable my hot take is that he deserved the oscar nomination for this and not for (laughs) a star is born (laughs) you always pretend that you always pretend i love that In 2013, Gunn revealed that Tyler Bates would work on the score for the film, and Bates would actually write some of the music before filming started, allowing Gunn to shoot sequences to line up with the music. In February 2014, Gunn stated that part of the soundtrack included many hits from the 60s and 70s, one being Hooked on a Feeling. To choose which songs to use, Gunn went through the Billboard charts for the 70s and made a playlist that he would listen to. Sometimes a song would inspire him to write a new scene for the film. Most of the songs used were played on set to help the actors get in sync with the shots. 
Guardians of the Galaxy had their visuals worked on by multiple companies. Moving Pictures Company worked on Groot, Morag, Zandar, Dark Aster, and the Zendar Final Battle. Framestore worked on Rocket Raccoon, Nowhere, and the Kiln Prison. Luma Pictures worked on Thanos, and a few other companies worked on minor details throughout the film. There were 2,750 visual shots throughout the film, with 90% of the film requiring makeup. MPC and Framestore worked closely together so that Groot and Rocket would match each other. Luma Pictures created a new facial animation system to recreate Josh Brolin's face for the CG character of Thanos. The physical film in Guardians of the Galaxy started in July of 2013 in London, the United Kingdom, at Shepperton and Longcross Studios. The working title was Full Tilt. Special effects makeup designer David White made two life-size versions of Rocket and a bust of Groot as aids for visual effects. The busts were used for lighting effects in order to help with the visual effects lighting process. Director of photography Ben Davis made the decision to use Aria Alexa XT cameras for the film. The opening scene, which was set in the 80s, was shot using JDC Crystal Expresses and amorphic prime lens. When dealing with the two fully CGI characters, David had to shoot scenes multiple times, one with a reference for the character and one without. Gunn stated that during production, he attempted to use as many physical effects as possible while filming. On October 12, 2013, Gunn announced via social media that filming for Guardians was complete. So, Alex, you just rewatched the whole MCU, and yes. you're up to date on the latest MCU projects, I would assume, right? Absolutely. So, we just talked about visual effects this whole paragraph. Oh. In, a time, in a time where I feel visual effects is like the worst that's been in the whole uh, history of the M- MCU, would you agree with me on that statement? I, yeah, I would say, I, I think that the visual effects of MCU get a little bit of a bad rap, because I think that the, what has always been true is that they use multiple vendors, and so some shots look amazing and some shots look like crap, and that's like kind of always been true of them, but I think the overall quality has definitely degraded as they try to do more stuff while like having the same budgets, or dropping budgets as we've found through reports. Right. So, yeah, it's been a the, the the discourse around this is not entirely unjustified. I feel like it kind of goes a little bit too far sometimes. Uh, people like taking like screenshots of things off of their laptop and posting it on Twitter and being like, "Oh, look at how terrible this is!" It's like, well, it was this made to be presented on a giant screen, <laughs> different yeah. resolution ratio, and all that stuff. But but yeah, watching this movie, it's really remarkable. Number one, just how good some of the effects are, like yeah. the, like Rocket, like as a character, like it's the texture, the mm-hmm. hair. Yeah, I remember when like Pixar was developing Tangled. And they were talking about the big innovation this year is the character's hair. You can mm-hmm. see every strand and it moves yeah. independently. And, all, and they spent so much time and so many resources. You look at like, Rocket's hair and it's like it looks like a real raccoon. Like there's so much texture and there's so much uh, quality to it. So and it also seamlessly integrates in this world where there's so much like uh, prosthetics and makeup and things like that, where the, vis- the the digital effects could seem really kind of contrasting poorly, right? They mm-hmm. could look like the layers and the textures just wouldn't match up with the real. And but this is remarkable. It's all seamless. It all looks fantastic. See, and that's what I was kind of getting at. Is <clears throat> excuse me. We can thank movies like Guardians of the Galaxy for I think some of the disappointments we have today because Guardians <laughs> was like flawless with their effects when you watch a movie like ant-man quantumania and like you can tell like you were just saying you can tell the difference between a cgi person and 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 like and a real person in that movie in my opinion like it's it's not on the level of this movie at all 
And uh, no, they just they they absolutely killed it with this. Like you said, Rocket Raccoon looks like a real raccoon. Like I was looking up to see how they trained a raccoon to talk because I didn't I didn't <laughs> believe it was it was CGI. And you know what I think helped this movie a lot in some people in, in, in the chat talk about it as well is the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack. I mean, this is a good movie. It's it's made well. The story is great, but I think the soundtrack really helped propel it as well because it's so good from beginning to end. And when you're listening to good music, things are better. And I think that really helped the the um you know watch of the movie is all this good music they used throughout the film. For sure, I think the soundtrack, which was a big part of production, helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that what James Gunn does with music is really effective here because not only is it really fun and exciting, but it also has a similar characteristic to The Guardians, which is there's a level of like retroness to it. There's a level of fun. And also most of these songs for most people watching the movie were new songs to them, even though they were songs yeah. from like the seventies. And so there's also this sort of level of discovery and surprise that, Oh, this is actually really working. So in that way, there's kind of like a meta relationship between the soundtrack and the experience of watching it. I don't know if there was a better soundtrack uh, or as good of a soundtrack uh, than guardians of the galaxy one until guardians two came out. And it was just like, again, they just killed it with the, with the music. I don't know if any other movie uh, I can't think of another movie that you that you know recycled music uh, and used it as a soundtrack has ever come close to as perfect as the as it was for this movie. Yep, and that's what we're, we're talking about in Discord chat right now. Um, that I, uh, and that's the reason why it's such a big part of the ride. The music. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, which would later be renamed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, had its world premiere at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. It was theatrically released in the United Kingdom on July 31st, 2014, and in the United States on August 1st in 4,080 theaters just in North America. For its Thursday night earnings, it earned $37.8 million, and it went on to become a number one movie surpassing Captain America Winter Soldier. It was the top-grossing film of the summer of 2014, and the first 2014 film domestically grossed over $300 million. The film had equally large debuts in Russia and other countries. By its sixth weekend, it was showing in 69 territories. The film opened in China, earning $29.8 million, which was its largest opening earnings and would become the third highest opening in the country for any Disney release, behind Iron Man 3 and Captain America Winter Soldier. The following weekend, it saw another $21.3 million in earnings in China, making it the highest grossing market with a total of $69 million. Guardians made an estimated $439.6 million in other countries for a total of $773.3 million worldwide. This made it Marvel's third highest grossing movie behind Iron Man 3 and The Avengers. Guardians of the Galaxy was released for digital download by Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment in November 2014. Guardians of the Galaxy earned a Rotting Tomato rating of 92%. The 87th Academy Awards, Guardians of the Galaxy received nominations for Best Makeup and Hairstyling and Best Visual Effects. It was also nominated for an Annie Award, two British Academy Film Awards, and five Critics' Choice Movie Awards. In 2014, it was featured as one of the 100 greatest films of all time in Empire Magazine's poll of the 100 greatest movies and was the highest MCU film on the list. So this this was um, nominated for, geez, lots of stuff and none of it was undeserving. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And I'm sorry about all the 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 numbers and stuff. I know it's not the best thing to read, but I thought it was interesting to express how well this did in theaters around the world compared to other Marvel movies. I know we've we talked to um, Scott recently about Guardians of the Galaxy, 
because he came on our podcast thinking that it was going to be on this episode <laughs> that we were Scott, that. and I had to bring the news to him that no, that was for another guest. And uh, he mentioned how Guardians Galaxy. He didn't think that Guardians Galaxy was that great of a movie. He thought it was good. He just didn't think it was better than a lot of other MCU movies. And um, I mean, it's it's up there with movies like Winter Soldier, which I think is also one of the best MCU movies. And um, like Alex said earlier, it's those are definitely one of the top movies that people who kind of like superheroes or MCU they gravitate towards Winter Soldier and the Guardians for sure. And I thought it was very interesting to know how much money it made in theaters. And uh, you're right. It went for a lot of awards and it definitely earned that opportunity for sure. Absolutely. Well, and it's easy to forget now because it's such an established franchise. But when it came out, it really, aside from me, who knew it was going to be a smash global success, <laughs> it, was a, it was a real shock to people that it was this big of a hit. Like when it was being produced, they made a very conscious effort to try to coordinate off into a corner where if they wanted to if it was successful they could then integrate it into the bigger mcu and if it wasn't successful it could just be in the corner and we could pretend like it didn't happen like the incredible Hulk. You know? <laughs> um and then even when they were like marketing the film right like in in the run-up to the release i remember there were these commercials where it was like come meet the mad titan thanos in guardians of the galaxy and it's like and they really tried to play up the literal two scenes that thanos is in it because it's like because <laughs> right. people are like oh he was in the avengers come see thanos and it and then it's like to think about that now it's just guardians is one of the most profitable bankable things in hollywood and it's funny i remember so like this movie came out in august and like late September, Saturday Night Live starts their new season. And in the first episode, I think it was Melissa McCarthy was hosting. And they did this thing of like, after the success of Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel is proud to introduce you to Marvel's Pam. And she was like an HR rep. And it was like, <laughs> and she was like on a spaceship. Because then like the idea is like Marvel could turn literally anything into a box right. office hit. <laughs> It's funny you say how you knew – I'll give you some future advice. If you think a movie is going to do well like this, buy all the comic books you can to sell later when it becomes uh, gold. Because if you would have bought all the, all the Guardians of the Galaxy comic books before this happened, you could have sold them for a triple price uh, five, ten years later. Yeah, I really missed my window. <laughs> <laughs> Getting it on the ground floor of the Nova comic books just in case. <laughs> just oh. in case. Oh, hey. I don't hey. know. I don't. I don't know if you play <laughs> Snap, but we're big say. Snap guys, and no one's you know very prominent. Is? Prominent that I I have specifically chosen not to play it because it seems like if I started, it would destroy my life. So probably you're probably right. Good choice. You're probably right. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> we we've been playing that game nonstop since pretty much it came out. Yeah. Yeah. You Chris know. is now divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Quick fire, quick facts, let's go. The digital and Blu-ray releases include a behind-the-scenes featurettes, audio commentary, deleted scenes, blooper reels, and an exclusive preview of Age of Ultra. In March 2014, after filming wrapped, a few of the cast and crew had to go to Burbank, California at Walt Disney World Studios to film additional scenes. Due to filming the movie while production was scheduled for Parks and Recreation, Parks and Rec changed the show to a two-part season opener with Pratt's character visiting London. They also said that Andy Dwyer stopped drinking beer, which is why he lost so much weight. Gunn, in an interview, said the opening scene was designed with hooked on a feeling in mind, but was later changed to come and get your love. 
The movie was released later as a part of a 13-disc box set titled Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2 Collection, which was released in December 2015. Hollywood Records released three albums based on the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. The album, which mirrored Quill's mixtape, reached the top of the Billboard 200 charts. You know, I forgot to touch base on the one that said uh, deleted scene blooper reels. Have you guys seen the unedited versions of them filming scenes with the stand-ins for? Uh, I've seen a couple of them, yeah. They're like Sean Gunn. Yeah, yeah, Sean Gunn, but also like <laughs> people have like cutouts of Thanos above them to show yeah. how tall Thanos is and things like that. Like, I think those that's so funny to watch those things. I think it's hilarious. It is cool. It really makes yeah, me understand how not a director I am. When they made Infinity War and Endgame, the rig that they made Josh Brolin act in is like insane. Where it was yeah. like he had like all of these cameras like around his face and then like on like a thing that was uh, attached to his body. And then there was like a <laughs> foam Thanos head on top of his head. Mm-hmm. So that way the actors had like a good eye line for yeah. when they were talking to him. It's like and he still gave an incredible performance. And I think that that's like he deserves like a special like Olympic award for doing <laughs> what they did. <laughs> yeah, they're like for his acting in Thanos, but also they had all this going on as well. So remember that guys. <laughs> yeah, it was truly it was a feat of like athleticism more than anything else. <laughs> we hear Disney's think Gardens of Galaxy Volume One is an amazing movie. It took a not-so-popular Marvel comic group and put them at the forefront of not only the MCU, but pop culture in general. This movie may be one of the best of the MCU and start to slew of Guardians IP that is utilized in the parks and Disney+. Light up your magic with Disney-scented candles from Three Cheeky Chicks. Their candles capture the essence of your favorite Disney resorts and food, from the fresh smell of the Wilderness Lodge to the delicious smell of Ohana bread pudding. Each candle is hand-poured with the finest ingredients and crafted to perfection, making them the perfect addition to any Disney's fans' collection. Whether you're looking to create a cozy atmosphere in your home or give a unique and magical gift, their candles are sure to bring a touch of Disney magic to your life. So why wait? Light up your world with three Cheeky Chicks Disney candles today. Use promo code DizHiz20. Visit MagicallyScented.com and use promo code DizHiz20. Hey guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best, and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord chat, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park, we have a special Spotify playlist. Overall, we just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to DizHiz.com, and on top, there's a link. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. Hey, I'm Joe from the Diz His. And I'm Nick from Sandpiper Vacations. We will be teaming up to give one of the best travel experiences ever. I am a travel agent with Sandpiper Vacations. We are able to book any vacation destination around the world, including Disney, cruises, and all-inclusive resorts. We have been working here at the Diz His to become travel agents. And with our knowledge of the parks, we want to plan the best Disney trip for you. 
Using us as a travel agent, we are updated on the latest and greatest information about all of the destinations. We can help save you time, stress, and sometimes some money. Using our services costs you absolutely nothing. It is completely free to you, and we are happy to assist you with giving you more value for your trip. So if you're looking to book your next Disney trip, go to DizHiz.com. Check out DizHiz Destinations on the very top. Check us out on Weeby Geeks, a new podcast website where you can find all your favorite geeky content. Just head over to WeebyGeeksBC.com. That's WeebyGeeksBC.com. And listen to all the other awesome podcasts, as well as Diz Is. Diz Is Diz Is Review. Review. So D-plus for this week is going to be Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. Uh, what do you guys think about this movie? Um, Alex, the host? <laughs> so I am not a giant Pirates of the Caribbean fan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, All right, next. I like the movies, but I don't love them. I've probably seen the first Pirates a handful of times and the rest of them some, and then the last two probably once. So I'm not a giant. giant. There's four, right? There's like seven. Uh, no. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of them. There's more there's than four? Like five. I think there's five. I think there's five, there's yeah. five yeah. <laughs> So anyways, so this is a good movie. I like the CGI in it. I like the story. I like how it went. It was a fun one for sure. It's. I think it's up there with number one. This is like Gardens, Galaxy, Gardens, Galaxy 2. I think both these movies can be watched almost back to back and it will be very entertaining. This is the same. I think if you watch Pirates of the Caribbean and then watch Dead Man's Chest, Back to back, I think it's it's it would be a good sequence of movies to watch for sure. Okay, how about you, uh, Chris? So movies like this are why, or this movie in particular, are why I'm so critical on the special effects in movies in the year 2023. Is because Davy Jones is the most ridiculous seat. This was 2006. So good, so good. And I thought it was a real octopus man. Like he. <laughs> It's so good. Like I'm, I'm looking at pictures of it now, and it's like, how is this not real? I, it's it's unbelievable the CGI in this. The story is good too. It's a it's it's one of the uh, it's one of the better pirates movies. Yeah. And oh, but man, Davy Jones is just such a cool cool. And the Kraken, the Kraken's yeah, in this movie too. And it just it's crazy. It's just like I mean, it's the a- Black Pearl CGI was good too, and it would go dark out, and they all turned into like you know zombies. But um, man. The uh, Davy Jones is just that, that's a modern marvel of like of CGI. I don't know what company was responsible for doing that, but they should, you know, that was a, that was a great realized. I think it was ILM. Uh, what else are they responsible for? And d- well, that's Star Wars. That's they're responsible for like, uh, the special effects of like the first 30 years of special effects. <laughs> wow. That reveal in the movie is amazing when they reveal. Oh, yeah. Uh, what they are. I think that's a great. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How, about, I, how about you, Alex? I, yeah, I haven't seen this in quite a long time, but my memory of it is that it was a little bit of a frustrating experience because I really liked the first one, and this one was kind of a two-part film. It was this yeah. what they filmed mm-hmm. it, and the sequel like back to back, and it was like we're getting half the story. And my memory was that there, it felt like there was like a lot of like exposition in this movie that was going to need to be paid off in the second movie, and finding that a little bit frustrating. And you're right. That's I mean that's what they did. You know, like a lot of the was in the second movie for sure. Uh, but still, like, you know, Chris was saying, Alex, both you, everyone's saying, like, the special effects are just amazing in this movie. Um, I mean, how can you not love 
uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, right? Uh, I've talked about it before, you know, in the past. Whenever we go on a Disney cruise, we always watch the pirate movies like before bed. That's like our thing to do is that we watch like one night we'll watch, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. Then we watch like the second one. Then we'll watch like the third one. Uh, at least once a year, we'll watch through all of them. Well, like my son loves them, you know, there's fun movies to watch. This is, I think this is one of the better ones. Like this, this is one of the ones I, I really enjoy watching that we all kind of enjoy watching uh, together. And uh, I just think it's a fun movie. But, you know, we were just talking about this maybe like last, uh, last episode or a couple episodes ago. Uh, like when, when's the pirate thing going to be over? I mean, pirates are not good, right? Like pirates are not good. I mean, the pirate thing when are we going to yeah. right? like, cancel pirates? That's <laughs> okay. I think it's over. Yeah, <laughs> this is called privateers. Privateers of the Caribbean. <laughs> pirates might come back, but pirates are over. I feel like you know <laughs> we're canceling. Captain pirates. Phillips was like the last pirate movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty fair, actually. Which, I don't where, think we've had another pirates movie after that. <laughs> where is Captain Phillips in the pirate um, lineup? Is that like number Ooh. two in the movie? Three? Which one is it? I think it's the. I think it's, it was it's the, after. It was the... It's the one between the Javier Bardem one and the Penelope Cruz. One. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> hey, this is AJ for the D Plus Club, where we cover all things Disney Plus. Each week, I'll bring you the latest news and rumors, as well as what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and in the UK. Between May first and seventh, we'll be covering Star Wars Week and featuring episode one, The Phantom Menace, as part of our weekly movie club. Share your thoughts in the weekly movie club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord, and I'll feature some of your comments in this week's podcast. You can find the D-Plus Club on all major podcasting platforms, including the Sorcerer Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash the D-Plus Club, with new episodes every Sunday. See you there. Okay, so Chris, we are going to be doing a giveaway now, a Patreon giveaway. If you want to go ahead and join, uh, join our Patreon, all you got to do is go to dizhiz.com and click on the link at the very top, Goof Troop. You can join our uh, giveaway. So what are we giving away, Chris? Today we're giving away two prizes. Number one is going to take home the 100th anniversary Target exclusive Goofy Funko Pop. Um, and second place is going to take home some uh, a nice nice uh, little helping of Disney 100 and or Star Wars uh, collectible cards that I've been buying recently. Really cool Wait. art, really cool stuff. So in the next 30 seconds, we're going to find out uh, our winners starting. Here we go. Now. All right. Oh, that suspense. Ooh. Who's off? You to can just edit it out, though. Batman Duck is in the front. I like that. That's right. I don't know. Tara, naked, naked Duck is actually in the front. That's not fair. OG. You got to be wearing a costume to win. You can't, yeah. you can't win without a costume. So Ryan, which Ryan is this, actually? <laughs> That's a good question. Which Ryan is this? We have Strawberry oh, Emily oh, Duck no. coming up from the Hopefully back. Hopefully Ryan doesn't win. We yeah, I hope, I, I'm not going to lie. Yes, I hope Ryan doesn't win. Oh, we'll Emily. Oh, Maddie. Oh, Maddie. Out. Maddie's coming. Oh, Maddie's, Maddie's going to win for anniversary. Maddie's going to win for anniversary. Maddie, she's not even on her anniversary. She wins. Oh, Who happy anniversary, Maddie. Good. Who definitely shipping. Second? She lives pretty close to me, so shipping will not be too expensive. Oh, yeah. Who came in second? So Dane. So Dane's getting the. Oh, Dane will love that. Dane will love yeah, that, I know. Actually. Dane will love that. I'm going to send him a little bit of each. Drive it uh, out. Congratulations, Maddie. Yeah, congrats and to Maddie and Dane. And are, Dane's are coming down winners. here like next week. Here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go visit him. So you should ship it to oh, Joe man, so Joe can know. hand it to Dane. <laughs> no, man. I, I actually rigged this so that I could ship so that I picked the two people that live closest to me. So shipping charges would be oh, good, good, very good minimal. Job. Good job. Yeah. Shipping that giant Maleficent dragon was like $30. <laughs> 
Oh, really? Yes. It was, was so it like weird. a real dragon? Was it the real it dragon? Was, it was it was way bigger than I anticipated, actually. It was it was a Shipping's not box. cheap. Shipping shipping is not cheap. Yeah, Jared, that was a big box, right? The Melissa Dragon. So that was really oh, exciting. It was Isn't right? that intense, right? Yeah. So next week on Diz His, Chris is actually bringing a surprise game to the show. I, uh, I am? Yeah. Oh, yeah, surprise. you are. Did you not get a su- yeah, surprise for you too, oh. I guess? <laughs> I thought you got that email, but wow. I guess it's in the wrong place. Um, well, it'll be a good one. Oh, it better be. I hope. Or you're done. <laughs> and we'll also have Niels to go. You're, you're done. done. You're done. You're done. And we also have Niels as well. So look forward to that. If not looking forward to Chris's game. game. <laughs> hey, uh, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Um, where can we find you again on social media? Can you tell us a little bit more about your shows as we close out the show? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. It was really fun. I didn't know I was going to get to see uh, Cartoon <laughs> Ducks race. That was a, a thrill. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Media Thinkings, like I said on the at the top. Uh, Letterboxd, if you don't know, is a great social media site just for film. Uh, there's no like toxic comment trolls or DMs or anything. You just like post what you're watching and make really cool lists. I have lists for all of my favorite Marvel movies ranked, Pixar movies ranked, Star Wars movies ranked, a million different rankings, all my favorite directors, all that stuff. So you can follow my stuff over there. For my uh, podcasts, I do a uh, once a month podcast, first uh, Monday of every month. Uh, it's called TV Break. Uh, for the pop break.com, uh, with, uh, which I host with Bill Bodkin and Josh Chernacki. Uh We kind of do a ba- uh, kind of a mixed bag of uh, news, reviews, and uh, headlines. We also check in on the streaming wars every week, which is oftentimes uh, featured heavily, uh, Disney Plus, that is. So uh, a lot of Disney content over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also host Bill versus the MCU, where my co-host, Bill Bodkin, who runs PopBreak.com, uh, basically how that started was he does a weekly uh, pop culture uh, podcast called Socially Distanced. Um, and whenever there's a Marvel TV show in season, they do weekly episodes. But he had only watched like a third of the MCU. And so I basically said, all right, I'm in charge of the podcast network and I'm going to commission a podcast where I make you watch all of the Marvel movies in order. And he was like, okay, fine. And so we did. And we did it for a year. And we watched everything through the fi- through the first four phases um, and now we're doing kind of like every six month check-ins on the MCU. But in the meantime, we're doing kind of MCU adjacent stuff. So for the first half of this year, we did the Defenders uh, saga, uh, the Netflix oh, nice. shows. We That's did cool. the first two seasons of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. We did uh, season one of Jessica Jones, season one of Luke Cage. We did the Defenders. We didn't do Iron Fist because I like Bill and I didn't want to torture him too badly. <laughs> yeah, Iron <laughs> so Fist we skipped sucks. that. And uh, now we're gearing up for our summer season where we're going to be doing some of my favorite uh, arcs from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm very excited. That's awesome. I was listening to it and the first part of the show was like news and stuff around like MCU stuff. And I thought it was really you covered a lot of good stuff. And um, I thought it was really interesting for sure. Thank you. Yeah, we tried. We have this uh, segment called Miss Minutes Marvel Movie Memo, uh, where we put uh, five minutes on the clock and I have to try to clear an entire month of marvel news in that five minutes and bill has to react to each one yeah. mm-hmm. um and it's that's a lot of fun i and, like uh, it sometimes cool. yeah and sometimes some of the stories are very um random and sometimes they're like very serious so it's like a cool fun mix <laughs> yeah and that's the his on guardians of the galaxy volume one i'm joe i'm alex i'm chris and i'm guest alex thanks for listening and have a magical week
Please follow us on all social media by searching DizHis65. Share us and subscribe to our podcast to get the latest show when it is available. If you want to help us out, get tips, get your memories shared on the podcast, see pictures and videos of what we are up to at the parks, join our goof troop on Patreon.com and search for DizHis.